You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. It's Friday, February 24th. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. Among the first bills to reach the floor of the Alaska House of Representatives this spring will be a resolution sponsored by Rebecca Himshute, a first-term legislator from Sitka. House Joint Resolution 5, in support of the Southeast seafood industry, the Troll Fleet in particular, had speedy passage through its first committee hearing on February 14th. But Himshute says that final passage of the resolution is no slam dunk. She says she has her work cut out for her, bringing the 40-member House up to speed on the issue. When I'm working with the other 39 members of the body, the first step is to make sure they understand the difference between trawl and troll, which I didn't realize would be a barrier, and it is. Uh, So, you know, depending on which member I'm talking to, they either know the issue well or they need to learn about the issue. It's the Southeast Alaska salmon troll fishery that's under threat from an environmental lawsuit in U.S. District Court in Washington State. Educating her colleagues about this critical difference is something that Himshute, a lifelong teacher, has already shown an aptitude for. Representative Himshute was recently in Sitka and spoke with KCAW's Robert Woolsey about other ways her background has helped prepare her for the Capitol, especially the first couple of weeks when the legislature organizes its majority and minority caucuses. Was there anything about being on the Sitka Assembly that helped you navigate Juneau or helped you work the halls in Juneau? Was there anything about your Assembly experience that is helping you now? 100%. Juneau is a whole different game. We use Robert's rules on the assembly. They use Mason's manual. It doesn't seem like it would be a big shift, but it is. So just like logistically how you do things is different. But the assembly experience really helped me wrap my brain around what is the job of government to provide? What are we there to do? And I'm still having to make some adjustments in my mindset locally where you are supporting either public works, public safety, or public education. It's a little more straightforward in some ways, but also more complex because it doesn't matter. Uh, My friends and neighbors' politics don't matter. I hold them in equal esteem no matter, you know, no matter which side of an issue we're coming at a topic on. Like, it doesn't matter what people think in town politically. I value each Sitkin so um, deeply that it made decision-making more difficult in some ways trying to weigh what are the best interests of the community versus the people who are giving me input and and my respect for them and my respect for their input. And so it makes decision-making more personal at the assembly level. But it also was a great experience in sort of looking at what is the problem we're trying to solve and what are the levers we can use to solve that problem. And in Juno, everything is just 10 times more complex I think I have a little bit of a leg up because I'm used to examining issues, getting the background, doing the research, and figuring out what the what the right path is. It's just a much bigger stage. At any point, did you feel like going in as unaffiliated was a handicap? I think the handicap of unaffiliated is for the voters in my district because they don't know exactly what they're getting. And it made it harder to campaign in some ways because people can't say, well, you're a Republican, I will or won't vote for you, or you're a Democrat, so I will or won't vote for you. So I had to explain my ideas and and my positions on things. And so I think it made it harder for voters to know what they were voting for um, and harder for me to make sure I got my message out. And then um, as far as where I've landed in this round, everybody who ran unaffiliated is in my caucus. I don't think it made organization more challenging. I I thought it would, um, but it didn't really. And I can say that 
I was never asked to, so to speak, stray from my principles. So that was good that no requests like that came in. And then ultimately, some deals were made by some other people, and I landed in what we're calling the the House Coalition, same as what Jonathan was in, but we are in the minority as the House Coalition. But I feel really confident that we're a very strong minority in that we're very unified. We know what our agenda is. We're very confident in what we're doing, and we have a good-sized group and a very representative group. I feel like our group really encompasses Alaska from span of age ranges to Um, life experience. We have young people, old people, people who are way to my left, some to my right, all in our our little coalition that we have in the minority. So I think I landed in the right place for me and uh, gives me a longer runway for when we get back to the majority in a couple years. When organization is happening, it's not like you don't fill out a survey with your principles. It just has to somehow become clear. And the deal-making that was done was in the news Mm -hmm. and um i wonder if it it sounds like what you're saying you would prefer to be in a minority with people who share values and who you feel you can work with than trade some principles for a stronger voice in the majority or a committee chair or whatever i would say that's accurate for this year um i can't say that that will always be the rule i live by I think it's a good choice for me this year as I get my feet wet, as I learn the system, as I learn the people in the system, which is, I'd say, at least half the battle is knowing who you're working with and what their priorities are. So I can't say that I won't make some deals later when the time is right, but I will say I am comfortable with the people I'm working with, and that, like I said, is more than half the battle. That was Representative Rebecca Hemshoot speaking with KCAW's Robert Woolsey. You can find a link to additional reporting about Hemshoot's legislative priorities over the next two years on our website, kcaw.org. It's Discover Your Potential Week at Blatchley Middle School, and a group of eighth graders is discovering their potential and picking up serious job skills, training as baristas at a local coffee bar. KCAW's Catherine Rose stopped by to see how it's going and sent this audio postcard. Yeah, I want a 24-ounce skinny purple lotus with sugar-free vanilla and sugar-free strawberry. We've been doing DYP, which is Discover Your Potential, and this is Barisa we're in right now. There is a lot of different coffees and syrups and stuff like lotuses put into it, which I didn't know. There's caramel, there's all types of fruits. There's um, kind of fun ones like toast and marshmallow. I made a tiger chai, which was really good, which I had today. Um, Right now I'm making a drink that my friend made and I added some caramel to it. We can just make up whatever we want sometimes or just have whatever we want on the board. I mean, with all the people here, it's also kind of stuffed when it comes to moving around. But I've had a great time doing this. The customers were great. They made it not stressful. And they let us have our time and stuff, which I found was kind of relaxing, fun to do. Cash register was easy to work, so were the machines. And then right when they get to the white line, we're going to hit the button again and it'll stop. 
just learning customer service is really cool for them to learn how to interact with people. Uh, they're working with the cashier, um, learning how to give change back, um, and then just getting experience of a potential job that some of them might have going into high school um, or even after, especially in the summer here a lot of coffee shops in town that might be hiring. So if uh, they were older, I would totally hire them this summer. All six of them are awesome. They've come just super excited. They We also let them create their own specials drink that we're gonna advertise for the next week so they can come in with their families or anyone else that wants to and get what special drink that they created. What was the name of your drink, Shayla? Hers was? Uh, citrus Cream Creation. Citrus Cream Creation was one of them. And what's your favorite drink? If you, if you go to a coffee shop, what do you like to grab? Uh, from here, Love Potion. Tastes like berries and cold foam. Basically like heavy cream mixed together, so it creates like more foamy. And you add the syrup to it, so it tastes like its flavor. I've learned that, the, that there's a lot of different customers and that making drinks is a lot easier than you think. That was Blatchley Middle School 8th grader Gabe Blankenship and Claire Delacruz mastering the barista arts at Bear Country Coffee, along with teacher and coffee shop co-owner Kirsten Krasunke. Wrangell's school board is hoping for community feedback on its budget for the coming year, which proposes spending just over $53,000 in savings to cover a projected budget gap. Wrangell School's business manager, Tammy Stromberg, who oversees the budget, says that using the district's reserves isn't a sustainable model, but there's not much more the school district can cut. 90% of the budget goes to paying teachers and maintaining the buildings. You know, we have struggled to keep our spending within our budget. So we're coming close every year. And, you know, we, we cut positions last year. So we've done that. But at some point, there will be an end to where you can cut those other pieces to, to take care of that inflationary decrease in funding. Wrangell School District plans to move to contracted business services because Stromberg is leaving her position. They'll pay Washington-based K-12 business services at least $7,500 per month to cover district financial matters. The district's draft fiscal year 24 budget is just over $5 million, about $300,000 less than the current fiscal year. It assumes a slight drop in local funding of around $1.6 million. That's money from borough taxes and pass-through of federal aid to former logging communities. One major source of funding that could change the trajectory of Wrangell Public Schools' budget is a potential increase to the base student allocation, or the amount of money the state of Alaska pays out to districts based on the amount of students enrolled. There hasn't been an increase since 2016, but in that time, inflation has jumped around 20%. Stromberg says that it's difficult to put together a budget while major funding pieces like the BSA are up in the air, but it's also standard when running schools. In the meantime, the district is looking for feedback and ideas from the Wrangell community about the proposed budget for next year. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News. <laughs> 